You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. Brian Peacock at Beanie Peacock on Twitter, alongside, as always, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Preseason football now has begun. Every team in action this weekend. A couple of games from Thursday night we'll go over. Steelers, Eagles, and Washington at New England. And then preview the Friday night games, which are the games that we will uh, talk about the players we want to see that we're excited to look out for in those three contests that will be happening. And then we've already talked about a lot of players we're looking forward to this weekend in all of the Saturday games. And I believe there's one Sunday contest as well, but we'll get into those Friday games. Titans, Falcons, Bills, Lions, Cowboys, Cardinals, players to watch in those three ball games. But let's start with the game you were most locked into. And I know you were up late, as you do, covering the Steelers. Uh, 1 a.m. Eastern time, right? Post-game, after a primetime game, talking about everything that went on with the Steelers and Eagles in this preseason game. The second I mean, I assume it was a lot better than the Hall of Fame game for you to cover and stay up until 1 o'clock in the morning talking about. Yeah, and first of all, the NFL does a great job of spacing these games out over the next couple days that if you just have the TV on and you're sitting there and you're lazy boy, there's going to be something for new for you to watch, which is great. So I don't know a ton about the Patriot-Washington game because I was so glued to the Steelers who were playing at the same time. So we had the game. They traded for Joe Schobert in the middle of the game if he came out. And then I did a post-game show for two hours after until 1 a.m. So pretty much that took up all my time since we got together last, to be honest with you. So good stuff. Um, The thumbnail version is a lot of buzz about Dwayne Haskins, who seems to look better and better. And you can see his talent. You know, that's appealing. Um, The Steelers really dominated in the second half, both lines of scrimmage. But part of that makes me think they've been in camp a week longer. This is their second game. You know, their depth guys are probably more accustomed to the 90-degree night and able to handle some of that stuff. But I do think they're developing some good depth. Um, The Eagles had a couple big plays. Uh, Watkins, their young receiver. I think we may even mentioned him Yeah, Quez Watkins was one of my players to watch. It showed up. Good work. the, The angle he outrun. On and I know that wasn't the Steelers starters or anything at that point, but on a screen pass, uh, I, I think it was number uh, thirty-one, maybe forty-one. The the safety, yeah, for... it's Norwood. He's their seventh round pick. He's Minka's backup. Right okay, now as a rookie, but it was a learning experience. The he angle he had there, I mean, that is NFL speed. If he wasn't sure, now he's seen it. Woo! He outran about fifteen yards of angle on him down the sideline, and he wasn't coming from across the field either. That was that was some serious speed by. Quez Watkins. That was definitely, uh, I think, the highlight of the whole evening for me. No question. And there was another play that Jalen Hurts just missed him. I mean, he toasted um, Sutton, the Steelers' starting corner, from the Eagles' own end zone. They threw like a 40-yard bomb, and Hurts just overthrew him, or he would have had two super long touchdowns. So legit speed there, to say the least. Um, the Steelers didn't start six of their defensive players, and you know the offense wasn't out there super long, but they are developing depth. That was a big thing we talked about. And picking up Joe Schobert makes a lot of sense for them, too. I mean, he's a an NFL starting linebacker, good in coverage, real tied in with the Watts from his Wisconsin days. And that was their weakest spot on defense. So they firm up a weakness there at a not so bad of a cost. And I'm sure Jacksonville's just kind of looking to dump salary and get younger. 
a few more notes from that game from the players we were excited to watch. And I think there was one really nice head-to-head matchup with Steelers center Kendrick Green and Eagles defensive tackle Milton Williams. And Milton Williams walked Green right back into Mason Rudolph. Like, that was a, a man's play right there and and I don't know I, I didn't see Kendrick Green a lot very closely from there I don't know if you had a, a big takeaway from from that game from him but that play for sure uh score one for Milton Williams that the, he I mean he he pulled and Kendrick Green's low to the ground he he should not win he should not lose those leverage battles like that against against someone who's not a you know 330 pound defensive tackle either yeah, that definitely was a noticeable rep. There's no question. Um, I, I'm pretty high on Green, and, but it's become pretty obvious that at this stage, he's much better firing off the ball in the run game, low, aggressive, better going forward than he is backwards right now. And he's an athletic player. Like, he should be able to get out he and is. move and, and block guys on the second level, too. So, you know, power, maybe not a, a power game type of player, but I think those types of things will, will, I'm sure, improve for him. But that was definitely a wow rep from a couple of wow reps there from our players to watch on the Philadelphia Eagles. Would you, what were your overall takeaways from the quarterback situation? I, I thought Jalen Hurts looked fine. It, it didn't look like a situation like we had heard from practice where Nick Mullins looked better than Jalen Hurts. I mean, Nick Mullins threw two interceptions in four pass attempts, I think, or five pass attempts. Uh, and Jalen Hurts looked fine. He had a drop, uh, which would have made him four of seven. He didn't play a ton, but, you know, found the open man, made a nice throw to Goddard on the right sideline. You know, I, I thought Jalen Hurts passed the first test. Looked fine out there. He did, and they played a lot of their starters, which helped. The Steelers didn't, but I thought Hurts played very well. I mean, fine, you know, more than more than well enough for his first outing of the year. Uh, you mentioned Mullins. Uh, I mean, you know what he is, and he's yeah. you know a problem. Better pa- and, practice player. He's a, he's the coaches yeah. love him. I think he might coaches carry a clipboard, maybe even be a, a you know a future quarterbacks coach. But yeah, when it comes to game day, and he's got to make plays, he, he's not a playmaker. He might be Kellen Moore. He's an offensive coordinator yeah, ten years from now or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then Tomlin even mentioned it. He said, you know, we play a quarterback like Joe, and this is just a good note for the rest of the preseason. You know, Tomlin said this well. He said, if we play, you know, Flacco was the two. He's like, you know, we know Joe and we expected Joe kind of to carve us up because we're not we're, we're putting very predictable vanilla coverages out there. And when you have a backup like a Flacco that's been around a long time, the, the defense is a big trouble. Right. Yeah, know? that's yeah. you came away like, OK, well, there's a professional quarterback playing against two. Right. Threes. And if he's like, oh, this is base cover two, all I have to do is drop it in this hole, fine. You know, been there, done it. So you'll see a lot of that around the league in preseason. But just remember, veteran quarterbacks should do well against the coverages and stuff that they're seeing. Going back to Haskins and the Steelers quarterbacks, I mean, they were all pretty efficient, even Dobbs. I liked what I saw from Rudolph. He was eight of nine passing, uh, took the one sack, which I thought he should have gotten the ball, gotten rid of the ball sooner. But Haskins is the one that I was most interested in seeing. And there was a couple throws he made, one down the seam, and that intermediate. Just you see the arm, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's right. I forgot about how good of an arm yeah. Dwayne Haskins has. But it seemed like maybe uh, a, in, in better shape, a slimmed down version, maybe a little bit more urgent with his feet, and seemed to be getting through progressions well. So I thought that was a huge first test for Dwayne Haskins. Um, for me, uh, th- that I'd seen a lot of him in these preseason games here with the with the Steelers now. I liked it. like what I saw. Even the, the throw he made from the far hash to the left sideline down the field, it was a yeah. wobbly pass, but he has a strong enough arm to get away with that kind of a throw, where another quarterback, that wobbly pass hangs up. Maybe it's a, a pick coming back the other way. Yeah, it's really well said. Good observation by you, because that's something I've been mentioning on Steeler Nation Radio a ton, is when I remember Haskins at Ohio State and Washington was, 
a big, heavy-footed, slow player. And my hunch is when the Steelers signed him, they said, let's work on your feet because this new offense is going to be a lot more design quarterback rollouts, boots, you know, modern stuff. And he looks by far the best of the group, throwing on the run, looks a lot more agile than he did. You see the arm, as you mentioned. And I don't think Ben's going to do a lot of naked bootlegs and stuff either. But the next quarterback will, whoever it is. Last one here on that game and Steelers running back. Najee Harris, did the coaching staff pull him aside after the game and say, uh, stop trying to jump over people, dude? Quit jumping, dudes. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy was on uh, Adam Crawley, actually, is the original host of Locked on Steelers, and I do the post-game show. We're both like, what is he doing? I mean, I understand that he's passionate and wants to make a name for himself, but I'd rather you slid than jump over people. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but you know, he looks good, too. Just vision, yeah. balance, just such a complete running back. Yeah, yeah. And Philly's got a decent set of starters, too. I mean, their, their offensive line is, was healthy, and, um, you know, Rager was out there. Smith wasn't. No Miles Sanders. So, I mean, there, there's some some good things to take away from the Eagles as well. Yeah, They I came out hot. I've, for a team that I think has gotten bashed a lot this offseason and maybe expectations aren't super high from non-Eagles fans, Yeah, I, I liked what I saw from the Eagles in this one. Yeah. I mean, again, if that l- offensive line – stays close to healthy. I mean, you know, guys like Lane Johnson and Brooks and Kelsey are really good players. The offense will move the football. I mean, they now have some weapons. Um, I have mixed feelings about Hurts overall, but, you know, I mean, the defense is a little better too. They're not a super deep team, and that showed up last night. I mean, as the game went on, they couldn't keep up. But, you know, I mean, I don't know that they're horrible. All right, next, let's get to this Washington-New England game and talk players to watch Friday night. There is something for everyone at Built.com. Guilt-free snack. It tastes delicious. You don't feel like you're missing out on anything, yet you're getting all this protein and high fiber in a low-sugar, low-calorie snack. Are you hungry? Do you need a snack? Do you want something that tastes good but won't ruin your diet? It's easy. Built Bar. Power your workout. You need something to get you between meals. You're on a long drive. Pull out a Built Bar. You're good to go on your commute. Uh, you forgot breakfast. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Built.com. Buy yourself a box. Mix your own box of Built Bars. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs in every bar, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. Just an overall note, just from those first two games, Matt, I came away thinking this didn't look like really bad preseason football I felt like all these teams had practiced you know they look like they practiced and were ready to come out and play even the second teamers look like they had their their stuff together yeah and once in a while you'll see a botched play or a miscommunication more so than you do in the regular season but I've been thinking that too like this looks like professional football so I know you're locked into the Steelers and Eagles game, so you didn't watch a ton of this. I don't know how many highlights you saw or anything, but um, the big one here is obviously Mac Jones, and it was fun to see him yeah, in action yeah. when so much ink was spilled about him and potentially going as high as number three in the draft, ended up at 15 with the New England Patriots. Um, and pretty much the just the 
exact scout report on what I thought he was going to be is what I saw from him in this game. First of all, I saw enough to think, yeah, this guy could play as a rookie if he needs to. Just just rock solid. He knew where to go with the ball. He was accurate for the most part. Doesn't have a power arm, but has nice touch on the deep ball. And his final line, 13 of 19 for 87 yards, you know, uh, it doesn't blow you away or anything. He, no. he threw a lot of short passes and stuff, but he did miss one deep ball that that was beautifully thrown, and that could have been a touchdown. So we could have been talking about 14 of 19 for 125, 130 yards and a touchdown. The line looks a lot better. So uh, I thought Mac Jones played very well, and you see, especially versus even, you know, looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick or Cam Newton or, you know, Dwayne Haskins we just talked about, and, of course, all the other quarterbacks that went in the first round of the NFL draft. He doesn't have the arm that those guys have. You see it in the short to intermediate area. He doesn't He doesn't have those darts that just are lasers over the middle of the field, but he can throw a really nice deep ball and high, has nice touch there, and that's exactly what I saw from him at Alabama. Very Kirk Cousins-like, I think, and I think he's a smart guy, clearly. He knows where to go with the ball, accurate, and I think he can play early in his career, so the question is, how early do they want to put them in there? Because I don't think Cam Newton's going to do anything to necessarily lose that job. It's really well said, and I saw the highlights and some clips here and there, and have certainly read up and listened to people I trust, too, but it sounds like that's exactly dead on how he played. Um, I think New England has a very good offensive line whenever the regular season comes rolling around, which I think will help Mac Jones immensely if and when he gets in there. Um, you know, he's not the most mobile, but he is a quick processor, which is great and accurate and throws on time. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson had a super long run and put up some good stats as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, um, Shield Capedia from The Athletic put out a, a guide that I, I recommend to people. And all throughout that guide, he, he talks about what to expect from rookie quarterbacks and basically what, you know, the average rookie quarterback over the last 10 years or so is like the 23rd best quarterback in the league, usually. And these are first-round guys. There's a couple exceptions, Herbert, you know, that. And I look at Mac Jones and think, as a rookie, he would probably be the 23rd best quarterback in the league in terms of efficiency and, you know, not great for your fantasy team, but moving the football and doing enough to give them a chance to win. Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah, you mentioned Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson, who had a couple of big plays there in that game. He ended up... Averaging 12.7 yards per carry. He had the 91-yard touchdown run, 10 carries, 127 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Uh, somebody called him, and I, I can't remember who it was now because I want to give credit. Somebody compared him to, said he's faster LeGarrette Blunt. Fast, <laughs> faster LeGarrette Blunt is a pro well, bowler, pretty right? <laughs> That's pretty lofty. Like, uh, So right. you're looking for a sleeper in those fantasy football leagues? I know Harris is the guy there for... Um, yeah, I mean, Damon Harris, I expect to be the number one back for the Patriots, but you know how things, how quickly things can change with the Patriots and how quickly things can change and how, um, you know, injured running backs can get the attrition level there. Ramondre Stevenson definitely perked me up a little bit like, okay, late rounds of my draft looking for a running back. He might be a good pick. I, I think I own him in every one of my dynasty leagues as one of my late rookie picks this year for all those reasons. I mean, I think he's balanced. He catches the football better than people think better than blunt, really um, powerful, not super fast, but he broke off a 90-yarder. I didn't see that coming. And really what I like about him for fantasy, and you know, I think what the Patriots are telling us by drafting him, is I have no faith in Sony Michelle at all. Yeah, that one's. I think that ship is is definitely sailing. It's it's still on the horizon, but it's not quite gone. But yeah, it's on its way out. Uh, how about another note? J.J. Taylor, five catches in that game. Is he like the next little... 
out of the backfield. Yeah, maybe a little even. He's even small for that, though. <laughs> he's very small. He's only five six or something, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Darren Sproles, people will compare him to, but Sproles was thick and low and could bounce off people. Like it, it, James White's getting up in age, and I'm sure that's what they're thinking with Taylor. But man, I mean, is he going to ever break a tackle? You know, I mean, like he's little. Uh, one of the things I noticed with Washington, I didn't have a ton of notes on them because depth-wise, I, I like their starting units, but they're a team that's still building depth. And when it came to the second unit, it was like, yeah, not not that impressive. Nobody's really jumping out to me too much. Um, I think Heineke's a solid backup type quarterback. Yeah. There's a lot of hype for him. Maybe he's the future starter for them. I don't see that at all. So it's Fitzpatrick. real quick. I think Heineke might be Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> exactly. Like. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah, like the the torch gets passed. One one day, one day Heineke will start growing a beard, and then Fitzpatrick will shave his, and then it'll pass officially pass the torch. Right, and Heineke will be on his eighth team and have started you know eighty games and you know bounce (laughs) around the league, hold a place for the first overall pick in two thousand twenty nine. You know, Terry McLaurin had a couple catches there. He had a twenty two yarder. Obviously, the starters didn't play much uh antonio gibson some players i'm excited about most of them are on the first team unit and we didn't see a lot of that so i unfortunately yeah. don't have a ton of notes on uh, on the washington side of things i was really going back because the, the what's what's rough is the games are on at the same time so i'm kind of trying to go back and forth and i was really focusing on catching mac jones play as much as possible then going back to the other game so uh that's that's where i was with that so washington football fans out there at bd peacock at williamson nfl what did we not see from Washington in that game? Any big notes, any big takeaways yeah. from you guys on that Washington football team? I hope to watch it over the weekend, too, but there's only so many I can watch. Yeah, and I'll definitely try to catch more of them when they uh, get to preseason game number two and see a lot more of those starters because I'm I'm bullish on the Washington football team this year. I am, too. I think they could win that division. I'll probably pick Dallas, but I like the direction they're going for sure. And unfortunately, our preseason coverage is going to have to sort of be like this. I mean, I'm not going to tell you – uh, the third team, football team, safeties, you know, <laughs> for every team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We'll, okay. We'll pick, uh, our, pick our spot. That That's for sure. Let's go to these games. we got two 4 o'clock games. we got Titans and Falcons coming up Friday. Uh, one of the things that I really noticed, kind of like Washington, when I was looking at the the depth chart, I'm thinking, okay, who's a, who am I really excited to see on this Titans team that, that might play a lot in this game? There's not a lot. I'm almost worried about – the Tennessee Titan depth on this football team. If Derrick Henry goes out, like Darrington Evans, hardly saw anything from him yeah. last year at running back. But Darrington Evans is definitely one of the guys I'm keeping an eye on in this game for Tennessee. Did you have any players that you're excited to watch in this football game? I, I mentioned, mentioned Dylan Redunes the other day, you know, oh, yeah. as a much different style of tackle than Isaiah Wilson and the style of big, thick overweightish offensive lineman that they have. I mean, he's more of the tight end body type, um, but I think he's a plug and play guy for them. So you're right. I'm, I don't have a ton. I was going to bring up Evan, you know, Evans, you know, kind of like it kind of reminds me of McFarland for the Steelers last night. Like uh, they didn't do anything in their rookie year. They didn't do anything last preseason because it didn't exist, but they were, you know, third, fourth round picks that have some juice, you know, we'll see what they can do. Um, another last name I really have for Tennessee is Elijah Molden. He was the 100th pick overall. I thought he'd be like the 50th pick overall. Didn't run great, and he's a small nickel, but I would think he should play a lot. Yeah, Molden, the 
the postseason process wasn't great for him just because size, no. you know, athleticism doesn't time well, short armed, just not somebody's going to wow you in your scouting department and be like, hey, we got to go draft this guy. But he fell to a certain place where it's like, this guy's a, he's a baller and he's a scrapper. Put him in the nickel, and uh, I think they might have something there. And I, th- I thought where they got him was a good place. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, last little note, and this is something we'll talk that's a much bigger topic. My radar is up for how the NFL values slot corners because I they are a starter. They're on the field a ton. But I think they're almost like running backs where they just don't have long lifespans because they get so beat up and they're little. I wonder yeah. if they're, you know, where they used to be a six-round pick, maybe they're fourth-round picks. But I don't know if they're ever going to be first and second-round type picks. You know what I mean? Yes, uh, unless you're – You got to do more. Yeah, I mean, you got to be – If you're Tyron Mathow, yeah. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? you got to be a matchup nightmare Buda where you Baker, can play safety. You, know, it's, you can play both safety spots. You can line up in the slot. You can uh, erase a running back out of the backfield. You can cover a tight end. So if you can do all those things on top of being just a, a true nickel, then now we're talking. Yeah, but I mean corners that are – five nine and don't do those other things i just don't know that they have a long enough lifespans to invest heavily in them and one of the big disappointments uh with the titans is that the first round cornerback caleb farley's not ready to play yet so he's not right good point there uh on the atlanta falcons side of things obviously i don't know how much he's going to play i would love to see a lot of kyle pitts i've got some big keeper dynasty league stock at stake here with kyle pitts how high do you draft him in dynasty leagues because if, if you could tell me right now he's going to be in that echelon of Waller, Kittle, Kelsey, and there's every reason to believe he will be that. Uh, in a dynasty league, I might be drafting him over, I mean, you know, a, a running back three, a running back one or two maybe even, and, and all the wide receivers, you know, because that's a valuable thing to have when you've got the better tight end every week in your league. And in rookie drafts, I mean, not super flex, standard type leagues, Najee pretty much always goes first. And then it's either Pitts or Chase, usually second and third. And then it's ATN or Javante Williams, just to give you some context. So never in my dynasty career has tight ends been a top five rookie pick. Right. And then Ryan and I did Locked on Dynasty earlier this week, and we both kind of came to the consensus that if we were doing a startup, we both think would take Pitts over any tight end going forward. The age gap is just so massive. Wow. And that scares me. And the one that scared me was Kittle. I'm like, I would hate to pass on Kittle, but I know Kelsey won't last that much longer. Waller's up in age, but I might take Kittle over him. But man, Pitts is, he's 10 years younger than Kelsey. And and more freakishly talented. You know, there's a lot more that goes into playing the tight end position than just being a great athlete. We've seen that. You know, he, and he's he, in a good position. It's not like Goddard when Ertz was there. Or, I mean, right. that coordinator, that, that head coach will get him all geared, you know, moved up to. We probably won't see much of him this weekend. But, I mean, he's – I can't wait the opening day to see Pitts. The thing is, is they have another tight end that, you know, that might Hurst, be the yeah. one who deserves the starter's treatment just at first. You know, hey, rookie, you're going to be with the twos. And then also, mm-hmm. hey, rookie, let's let's get you some more work too. So that's my hope for this this game and I haven't seen the unofficial depth chart. I don't know how that's going to work out, but when you're the number four overall pick, I mean, you're expected to be the number one tight end for your team. Yeah. I don't have a lot else to, on the Atlanta front. Jalen Mayfield from Michigan lasted till the, the, uh, the third round. I thought he'd go earlier than that. And he's fighting for a starting guard spot. That's somebody to keep an eye on too. young offensive line. is kind of in a transition stage. I've got one. How about the battle for center between Matt Hennessy, who was drafted last year, and then Drew Dahlman, who was drafted this year? Great one. 
Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And, and Richie Great Grant, one. second round safety for the Falcons. Yeah, and I think Hennessy possibly could be in that guard mix too. Dalman's a true center that won't be, it'll only be a guard. Or only be a center. Only be a center, yeah, center only. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, and Arizona next. You know you can find lines on these preseason football games at betonline.ag. In fact, you can find lines on just about anything you can imagine. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. BetOnline even has awards, TV shows, and reality TV you can bet on. Table games, poker, blackjack, real-time updated odds, NFL props, futures, offensive, defensive rookies of the year, Super Bowl champions, win totals. Major League Baseball all summer long. We've got any number of other things you can get in on the action at betonline.ag. Just remember to tell them that Locked On sent you the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports, and it's free to sign up. Just go to betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I can't get my dynasty draft out of my head now. In the in the Locked On NFL Dynasty League, we had an expansion draft, and Bo Brock of Locked On Cardinals poached George Kittle from me. I've got Ooh. the second pick, Kyle Pitts. Like, do that's personal for too for you. Yeah, so uh, Kyle Pitts this is this big one for me. This I'm going to be watching a lot of Kyle Pitts. I hope we I hope he plays four quarters in this game, so I can get a really good. I, I just want to honestly, it would take two plays. I just want to see that yeah. athleticism play. And we talked about it with arm strengths with quarterbacks in this show. It doesn't take long just because you see an athletic guy. It's like, okay, but how's that look on the NFL field? How much really how much more athletic? How big are you? What's your you know, how how imposing are you as like are you are do you move just like someone we've never seen, you know? Um, right, right. And it might not even take that long to be like, oh, OK, that's a that's a special dude. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and draft him. What you want to see is what I sometimes call my wife test, you know, is if she turns on the game and fortunate for me, she doesn't even know what a first down is and goes, wow, who's that? He looks different than everybody else. Okay. Enough said. That's all right. I yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you're going with the wife test, but I, I think well, I could go a lot of directions. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you want to put a ring on the finger? That's where I thought you were going with that. Okay. But now I see um, what you mean. Speaking of my of dynasty teams, and we're going to roll right into the bills here. Yeah. Professional transition by Williamson. Well done. My, 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 my dynasty teams are hoping that Zach Moss looks like the true number one. Really? You got a lot of stock in Zach Moss. I've been picking him up cheap in the last couple months because people are down on him. He's in a, he started his career hurt, and all those rookie running backs took a while. I know Allen is a problem, but I bought him very cheap. And I think I'm not much of a Singletary fan. So I'm hoping these next couple of weeks we look at him and be like, oh, it's pretty clear he's the one. I, I just don't like or whatever that's of. worth. I just I, I just avoid them all because I feel like at some point I someone's going to take know. over for Moss, even if he was the guy this year. And uh, just bad, kind of bad third round picks at running back. I, I didn't like Singletary that much coming out of college, but I liked him more than Moss. I think Moss is not someone who excites me uh, from a fantasy perspective or just a football perspective. They're very different guys, which I mean, it just points to a committee then they brought in Matt Breida who's got some speed who might be better than both of them who knows uh just I, I just hate the entire backfield and probably won't touch any of them but you know if I could see why Moss would be the one at his price is the one you would target in fantasy leagues right now right I mean it's all about cost but you're right he probably won't be the short yardage back and they don't run the ball much other than that it's a wonderful situation yeah. <laughs> other than that it's fantastic and he should be huge <laughs> right, for you. right 
How about first round defensive lineman Gregory Rousseau, who sat out last year at Miami, one year of massive production? Uh, is he, you know, too big to be an edge player? Is he uh, has his technique, has his burst, his quick twitch improved? Because it just wasn't quite sure what to think of Gregory Rousseau, but he has all the length in the world. If he can go speed to power, if he can win off the edge enough, you might have something. Or if he's so big that he's going to be a guy who wins on the inside, you might have something, but might end up being a tweener too. So I'm interested to see how he looks on an NFL field. Yeah, and I think we have to lump Carlos Basham, their second-round pick, mm-hmm. and last year's first pick, A.J. Epinesa, in. Yeah. They're all big edges that can do other things. <sighs> I might be lowest on Rousseau of the group. I mean, I just don't think he's very sudden. I love how natural Rousseau was as a freshman in college using his hands and long arms. I think that's something that you can win with in the NFL at his size. And even if he's not beating guys around the corner, I think that's something that usually bodes well for you in the NFL. So I actually kind of like Rousseau, but um, we'll see first round pick. You, you've got to live up to those expectations. And so it's going to be fun to watch all three of those guys, because clearly they weren't super stoked on Epinesa to go into the draft again with another big end, unless they're just like, look, we want all big ends all the time. Yeah. And I think there could be a little bit of both. Um, and, and those opt out guys from last year, Rousseau included are sort of hard. So they all are at the top of my list if they you know, didn't play football all last year. Right, yeah. How much better would he have gotten his next year? I'm sure he right, would have, there right. have been some growth, whether it's technique or, or size-wise or something. You know, So uh, he might have been a lot better player in his second year, but we didn't get to see it. Yeah, so we'll see. He's definitely one to watch. Let's see. Anybody else you're excited to see here in the Buffalo Bills? The, the second teamers aren't super exciting. Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> A little Jake, bit. Jake Fromm, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. Could Trubisky get a Winston-like, you know, resurrection? Maybe. You know, Fromm will play a lot, I'm sure. There's there's enough of, and I don't think it's the case necessarily, but there's enough of like, look, maybe there's just not a great offensive coaching staff in Chicago, and they get right, him wrong, and right. they could have done a lot better job developing him. So maybe sitting behind Josh Allen, maybe Mitch Trubisky's he's got more to him than, than we've seen in his one stop so far in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, if he's better than Blake Bortles, that qualifies. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not <laughs> expecting him to be a future starter, and I would rather have Winston. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. that's the kind of what I'm looking for him is be a high end backup, and you know, go from there. I like that. That's fair. Uh, let's see who are they playing. I already forgot the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, I'm sure, will be in and out in that game. Um, Jeffrey Okuda, bounce back year. We talked about him earlier. I think it was last week, actually. We talked about Jerry Okuda. Uh, we had a question in a Twitter Tuesday episode about him. Uh, I do. I, he's too good for there not to be a bounce back and for him to play a lot better. I think, obviously, the way he was yeah. utilized is huge, which will be different now with the new coaching staff there. So uh, Jeffrey Okuda might not play a ton, but I'm going to be watching the, the few reps he has on the field. My takeaway for the Lions is, is this knee-biter coaching staff going to play their ones a lot longer and try to establish something yeah. and realize they're not contenders? And that especially goes for what I think could be a really good offensive line, Penny Sewell as well. You know, are we going to see the number one line for four, five, six drives, you know, and just pushing people around and killing them late in game by that standard? And I certainly could see this coaching staff wanting to do that. Um, my number one guy to watch, though, as youngsters, Aline McNeil. I, I was really intrigued with him as a Javon Hargrave type of nose tackle type dude. Um, I'm excited to see him at the NFL level. 
Amon Ross St. Brown, I think. Uh, again, if you're looking for a sleeper in your fantasy football leagues, he's not running with the ones. He's a rookie. He will eventually run with the ones. I'm confident in that because uh, they just don't have a lot so. at the position. I, I think he's better than Quintez Cephas, even though I like Cephas, you know, so, sort of a bully, but not super athletic. And Amon Ross St. Brown is very average across the board, you know, height, weight, speed. Right, he doesn't right. wow you, but there's not there's nobody holding him back. And uh, you know, Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams. I mean, Amonra St. Brown's going to break through that lineup at some point this year, and they're going to be down in a lot of games. So uh, I want to I want him to look like uh, somebody who can jump in and play early. That's one to be watching with him. And if so, he's definitely someone that you could steal in late rounds of fantasy football drafts and be someone who's a you know starting wide receiver on a team's throwing a lot in games late in your fantasy football season. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think Swift and Hawkinson will catch a ton of passes, often late in games. But of all their wide receivers, I think St. Brown has the most value in terms of if, if the Lions could get rid of everyone, every receiver on their roster but one, I think you'd keep St. Brown. David Blau. I remember uh, the, the David Blau madness when he started to, to play some last year. That was fun. Not exciting. Uh, Efetu Melifano. Yeah. Here's my last one over there. Just you know, big corner. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Big corner. Can you move? Can you move enough to play corner in the NFL? Because size is definitely beneficial. But if you can't move, then size don't matter anymore. And you're going to get tortured. You're going to be sitting on the bench or converted to safety. So Melifano, uh, his brother Obi, uh, it's, you know, physical freaks in that family. His brother Obi didn't do much in the NFL. Let's see if little brother can do a little bit more. Yeah, good one. Uh, Derek Barnes was actually one of my favorite picks from that draft, too. I, I overlooked him. Uh, I think he could be interesting, second-level guy, edge-turn second-level guy. A lot of people excited about Jamar Jefferson, seventh-round running back, too. Yeah. I'm sure he'll I mean, play a lot in this game. He might be your uh, preseason DFS type of guy. Right, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Lead the preseason rushing type of player. Cowboys-Cardinals. I'm going to start with the Cardinals. Two players I'm not excited to see because, ooh, gross, J.J. Watt and A.J. Green in Cardinals uniforms. <laughs> yeah. That just doesn't yeah. seem right. I've heard good things about A.J. Green, yeah. but I am very hesitant to jump on that that train. I would imagine that neither one of those guys plays at all tonight, especially J.J., but I don't have much here. You know, I mean, Zayvon Collins, Rondell Moore, sure. Isaiah Simmons. I mean, if we see Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons on the field together, uh, my jaw might drop, but they may also be running around doing all the wrong things, you know, so <laughs> yeah. I don't have a ton of Arizona notes. There's been pretty good reports. I mean, Zayvon Collins, they, they are – giving him the the green dot on his helmet and he's gonna be calling in plays so maybe that oh, means he's that. gonna need to play a little bit more in the preseason just to get used to that and he's he's the one relaying the plays in the huddle so they're gonna put a lot on the young man but you're right and and i think we mentioned rondale moore the other day when we were just talking about players around the league we were excited to see yeah rondale moore is a good one how are they going to utilize him uh is he so what fantastically dynamic that he's yeah. got to have a role even with you know aj green and deandre hopkins and everybody they've already got at wide receiver I agree. He was one of my guys I brought up just because I hope it's not all bubble screens and RPOs and they get him on some in-breaking routes over the you know middle of the field and things like that. The biggest one's probably their first rounder from last year, even more so than Zayvon Collins, is Isaiah Simmons, the transition. Mm -hmm. Are you are you for real linebacker? Because I didn't see it much last year and he was really bad to start the season, got a little bit better. Did that progression continue over the offseason? Yeah, uh, he definitely will stand out along with Collins rare body types and athleticisms on the field that even the casual fan might flip them on and be like, whoa, who's that 
six three and six five linebacker that are running like antelopes all over the field. Extremely you know? unique linebacking group right there. Just when you, just when you first see it on the field, you're like, what is going on there? Yeah, and I wonder if Jordan Hicks is on the trade block. I keep hearing he might be, and you know, I was aware of that because the Steelers traded for Showbird. I thought Hicks might be a target too, mm-hmm. so maybe they'll showcase him a little bit too. All right, we got to finish this up, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I would hope to see a lot of CD Lamb. Uh, I guess technically. You could say Cooper Gallup could be the starters, let Lamb play, but I don't think that's what's going to happen, even though that would make this game a lot more fun. Um, but the second team group that we, we saw a lot in the um, in the Hall of Fame yeah. game, you know, Semi Fajoko might want to, you know, might be fun to watch a little bit more of. But, you know, there, there wasn't a lot with the second group that I got super excited about with the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. No, I mean, the combination of hard knocks and seeing them in the Hall of Fame game, I feel like we have a better feel for this group than most. Um, Micah Parsons is the headliner. Uh, I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks yeah. yet. If you didn't know bigger, but he's a little annoying. I, I, I mean, like, his, his voice was his voice doesn't match the body. The you know big, fast linebacker. He doesn't sound like what you would expect that player to be. I didn't see Hard Knocks, but I did see the clip of him where he was bummed that he couldn't go back in and play the game. He's like, I want to get. Yeah. You know, let me go back in, like, coach. He's like, Nope, you're done. Uh, he just seems like he would bother me if I was a fellow linebacker trying to be professional and do my job. Because he's always chirping. Yeah, and, talking. You know, just like, yeah. shut up, but boy, he, he moves well. <laughs> well oh, speaking of moving well, I watched the uh, the Bolt 40-yard dash he sent me, too, from yesterday. Good stuff. Oh, that's right. But yeah. It's just like the wind, yeah. Just cruising to a 4-2-2. Yeah, well, easy. Easy speed. Osa Adigazua, Kelvin Joseph, uh, a lot of rookies there on the defensive side of the ball. Jabril Cox. Israel Mukuamu, going to be watching all those rookies there for uh, that Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, throwing a lot at the defense, especially with young guys. And, you know, a, a simplified scheme might be enough. You're not going to see many of the offensive stars, though, I don't think. Right, yeah, unfortunately not a lot of stars in that game. But we will cover Monday everything we saw from this game, from the games on Saturday, from the games on Sunday. There's a ton of players that will have fun checking in on and watching throughout the first week of preseason football. We've got it all for you, broken down, everything else going on in the NFL every day right here. Peacock and Williamson.